Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Dasgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. And what is this a podcast of? Of wellness and happiness, great stories, amazing people. And today we do have a guest I'm super pumped on because it's a professional athlete. And I don't know many professional athletes. And this one's a football player that's been like, associated has has four Super Bowl championships, which is just pretty awesome in itself. But before I, you know, introduce and everyone's excited, I do have to do my usual routine, which is uh, read the bio. So our guest today is Lionel Vitale. He's an inspirational influencer. He is a former NFL executive and four that is the, the number four time Super Bowl champion with 35 years of experience. From the gridiron to the boardroom, Lionel has excelled at every level. As a retired NFL player turned successful executive, Lionel brings a unique perspective to the world of leadership, teamwork, and personal growth. With a wealth of experience in both the high-pressured arena of professional football and the demanding business world, Lionel delivers an impactful speeches that inspire motivate and drive results. Whether it's motivating your team, cultivating a winning culture, or navigating the challenges of professional growth, Lionel is a dynamic speaker you need. And it says in the end, book Lionel today to take your event to the next level. So I took the advice on the, you know, on his bio and booked him for my podcast to take it to the next level. So with that being said, Lionel, thank you for being here today. Oh, I'm I'm honored. You you're more than just too nice. Thank you, Dr. Raj, for having me on today. I'm excited. I've been I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. I'm like, wow, I get a chance to talk to Dr. Raj. Yeah. Oh man. So you took my ego and you know, pumped it up a little bit. I like that. It's a really good beginning. I love it. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I did my homework, Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know how I want to start this? I always like the, the meet and greet, so I get to know you better. My audience gets to know you a little bit better. So we're going to jump in the DeLorean time machine and go backwards. So growing up, you know, were you always kind of a sports buff, a sports fanatic? Were you? Did you play a lot of sports in high school, and, and what did you play? I played football, baseball, uh, my my two main sports, but I did try basketball. Uh, didn't work out, and I... <laughs> Ran a little track. I was too impatient, but I mainly stuck with football and, and baseball. 
Okay, okay. So, you know, uh, time comes for you to go to college, you know, and um, you were a student athlete. So what were your other interests in college besides being a really awesome, like, you know, football player? You know, I focused on on football. I focused <laughs> on, I, I did. I took care of business, you know, and of course, you go there to, to get an education. So I focused on those things, my education. I focused on football. I focused on being the best I could be as a young man. Mm -hmm. uh, I came from a little small community. I had a lot to learn and I knew it. And I, I focused on becoming the best, best person I could be. Nice. So, you know, I think we're kind of leading the way to football. So why that? I mean, I'm, I kind of love basketball myself personally, but yeah. I would just get crushed if I played football. So why did you pick that? And let me give you a little, a, a couple more whys. Like, what is your favorite position in general? I mean, are you more of a touchdown and spike the ball type of guy or are you more defensive minded? Yeah, yeah I was a, I was an offensive player. I was a mm -hmm. running back and you know, I I didn't spike the ball much, but I I was kind of old school. I'd score a touchdown and hand the ball to the rough the referee and, uh, and 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 get back to the sideline. But I had fun and then enjoyed it. But if I guess if I was playing today, I'd do more spiking. <laughs> and, and and why football? Like, why didn't you go the way of of baseball or, or track? You said you know yeah. and, or anything else. Yeah. I, I was a better prospect in baseball, but baseball didn't offer me a full ride. Baseball offered me half scholarships, and football offered me a full ride. Now, in football, I only got one scholarship, and but it was a full ride. Coming from my background, and we couldn't afford to you know, pay the, the bill for college, so my mom said, we're going to take that full ride, and we took advantage of it, Doc. I, I did a little reading about you, and at some point in your career, I read that you played some outfield for the Chicago White Sox, which is baseball. So yeah. my question to you is, was there a part of you that wanted, if, if you could, did you want to be kind of like a like a Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders type, two-sport type person? No, <laughs> no, I was going to be one or, or the other. Uh, I don't know. I still today don't know how they tracked me down. and. <laughs> Uh, in between my my foot going from team to team, I got a call from the White Sox organization uh, saying they had traced me and they knew I was I played football for a while and they were going to their instructional league. And this is where they bring their top minor leaguers, the, the guys from the AAA down to single A and a couple guys from the majors would come down, the young majors guys. And they say, hey, we'd like to bring you in there and have you hit the ball and run and just kind of see how, if we like it and if you like it. And I did. Yeah. I was there for two months and wow. had fun, had fun, did well, showed myself really well. But I got a call to go back and play football. And again, football was paying me money at the time. Baseball, and I asked them before I left, I said, how long would it take me to make it? Yeah. And, and do you guys see me making it to the upper level? And they they said, you know what, we wouldn't bet against you, but it could take two and a half, three years. But football was paying me now. Yeah. And I went back to football. I, I just said, I can't bank on two or three more years. I knew what I had in my hand at the time. And that was a chance to play professional football again. 
Well, it's still pretty awesome. You know, I mean, to, even to be vaguely associated with two professional sports, you I mean there are, in my opinion, are complete opposites of what football and baseball represents. That's cool. I mean, big time props to you. I love that. You know, I always like to talk about parents. So, you know, football, I could only imagine when I was in junior high, I was playing like flag football. My mom would get worried. How about your parents? You know, going to do football in college, football professionally, were they always worried about you when they watched you? Believe it or not, my mom was very comfortable with me playing sports and comfortable with me playing football. I had a couple of good mentors and uh, one of my mentors said, hey, you do well. And I got a lot of advice from him on how to navigate through football. Uh, no, my mother was really comfortable with, with me getting a chance to play football. I, I was fortunate. I didn't have any major injuries. I had a couple hamstring pulls, but uh, nothing major, major and no major setbacks. Man. Now, of course, I got to ask you this question. You know, I'm looking at your bio in front of me. I see some awesome teams there. I see the Buffalo Bills and the Washington Redskins, though they changed their name, <laughs> New York Giants. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not to put you on the spot or anything, but um, which was your favorite NFL team to be a part of? Now, I've played and I've been an executive for a lot of programs, a lot yeah. of teams. And that's a that's a good question. I've, I really enjoyed Washington, uh, mm -hmm. the first place that brought me in. It drafted mm -hmm. me out of college. And uh, I had some great times in Baltimore. I, I really enjoyed that organization. Atlanta was good. I enjoyed the Falcons. And I worked there as an executive, a scout. Uh, look, I have nothing against the Cowboys. I spent my last six <laughs> years there. And, you know, we had some good times there. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, all those places I... I learned a lot. Cleveland, I was there for a bit and first started my, my scouting career in Cleveland. And that was great, too. I learned a little bit about every place. Oh. I was even in New York with the Jets. That was sort of big for me. But uh, I, I learned a lot about it. All right. So with all those, I'm going to make you like pick something because uh, what was your favorite for being on the, the football side, being a professional football player? What was your, your favorite memory? Anything jump to mind? My favorite memory was just when I first got drafted and when I first put a uniform on and I went out to the practice field and it was like, wow, this is pretty cool, you know. And then you see other players that you read about growing up. Totally. Field. And that was cool. And then you're in the meeting rooms with these guys. So maybe I was too much of a fan because <laughs> I ended up not playing at the highest level for too long. But I really enjoyed the, the, that opportunity. It was really surreal. And so what, what is it really harder to be? Is it is it harder to be the administrator executive or is it harder to actually play the game? What do you think? No, you, you could almost get a monkey to come out and be an executive. I mean, you just got to <laughs> learn a trade and, you know, it's just something that's an acquired thing you can learn. The numbers that, that works against you as a player, it's so hard to make it. That's why only a few people in the world get a chance to play these, these games. It doesn't matter the sport, but football, I mean, to go through the grueling practices, then you have to have the skills to play. And then you have to have, you got to be able to sustain it's it's tough. I mean, if you work hard enough, you could overcome anything as an executive. You can make it there. 
you could be just a regular civilian and you could be an executive. You just got to work at it. It's really not not even comparable. I love your honesty answer. That's awesome. Yeah. So with that being said, you know, we're going to kind of jump to the now. So let me start off with what is your role now? What are you doing now? What am I doing now? Yeah. So I, I, I like to say that I'm doing a lot of different things. Uh, okay. I'm really into uh, leading and supporting kids and youth and uh, from high schools to college. I'm mentoring. I do a draft prep, like athletes that are coming up for the draft. I'll work with those guys on how to prepare themselves to talk to general managers, how to talk to head coaches. I do motivational speaking. Uh, I inspire teams. I try to teach teams, college teams, how to get to the next level, their players. Everybody wants to play in the NFL. Everybody wants to, to make it in life and get to the next level. I not only talk about how to make it in sports, I talk about how to make it in life. You know, the little tips and the little nuggets on how to get to the next level. That's my mission now to help people and help individuals, men and women, because I get female calls too, on how to get yourself to the next level. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about that, giving those things away. Yeah. And, you know, let me just kind of go a little off script and just say that, you know, I, I'm so fortunate to be at USC and I do see some of the, the student athletes. And sometimes I forget, you know, the football players, but they're big, they're big dudes. Yeah. That, wow. They're so young and they're going through so much at a young age. It, they're kids. They're, 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 kids. They're, they're, 19, they're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah. And they have all this pressure on them and they really don't know. Trust yeah. me, you look at them, they look confident. Trust me, inside their heads, they are swimming. Not they sure. don't know because it's so much to discern, so much to weed through, and it's a process, and everybody's coming at them. But I take my hat off for these guys. They work at it, and they learn how to become uh, consistent and to have the courage to do it. Well said. And I think this kind of will lead into the question I want to talk to you about. You know, once again, I did my, my homework. I'm reading about you. One of your favorite topics is is burnout. And I just wanted to say, in, in your opinion, you know what I mean? I mean, how does it happen to an individual? And why, what is your passion about talking about burnout and give, it, and give some general advice? It doesn't always have to be to a student athlete. To, to even me, what advice would you give, you know? Yeah, burnout happens in, in every endeavor. Burnout is just you not listening to your body, okay? You saying, oh, I could do this instead of cutting back. Now, burnout is when you just fall out. You're out. You can't go anymore. You just not. There's a difference between being fatigued and tired. Burnout is when the lights are going out, okay? So, and when you burn out, you could be out for quite some, it's indefinite. I mean, now it becomes a problem with your head, with your mind. You know, can you regain your consciousness? It's a bad situation when you get to burnout. I think in burnout, you've got to, the way to, to work against burnout is to seek advice. You know, uh, uh, workouts, nutrition, talking to professionals. There's a lot of doctors from my research says they think they have it figured out. No, you, they need help too. OK, you need advice on how to protect yourself, how to take care of your mind. Uh, this is a really, really dangerous situation, this burnout thing. And 
you got to seek professional help. But we've had burnouts in my world in the coaching profession, in the scouting profession, you know, working the 16 hour days, 14 hour days, uh, get up in the morning at 530. You're up at night uh, in, in the mornings, writing reports at one in the morning, and you have to get up back again at 530. Enough. I mean, there's enough. The body can only take so much. But uh, burnouts are prevalent. They're out there. They're prevalent. They're out there. So we got to guard against burnouts. So let me ask you this. So in in the, in the job setting, whatever job we're talking about, you give the examples of some of the coaches and whatnot, or even doctors, when they're going through burnout, can you uh, salvage the problem? Can you stay with the job that you're doing? Or does burnout frequently lead to a change in your profession? What do you think? You know? No, I think you can, again, it's you managing yourself. A lot of it has to do with ego. Hey, you know, I, I'll be fine. I worked, I worked 15 hours yesterday. I'll be back in the morning. I'm fine, guys. You know, the profession will go on. Whether you out there or you're the one doing the operation or doing the work, the profession will go on. So take care of yourself first. But it's I think we got to get over the ego thing. Yeah. Oh, I worked X amount of hours this week. Oh, well, great. But you're hurting yourself. And the scary thing is you're putting the patient at risk. It's almost like driving a car too long and your eyes get and your mind gets just blurred and you you just lock. You just like a deer in a headlight. Yeah. Any wrong turn. Guess what? You're running off the road or someone's running into you because you're not quick to react. So it's selfish. I think these burnout situations are selfish. It's an ego-driven thing. And, you know, I think it should be a uh, something that's mandated that, hey, after 12 hours, you're out. Yeah. You, you just got to get out. And you're not the only one that can drive that task. Okay. But we think that we're, this is my situation. I got it myself. But you're putting yourself at risk. And not only that, too, to add to that, when you go home as a burnout doctor or a burnout coach mm -hmm. or a professional person, your family has to deal with you. Of course, yeah. Okay, now you're not the same person for your kids, your wife or your husband. You're, you're, you're just burnt out. And yeah. the next day, it's an extension from that day that you just uh, went through because you only slept maybe three hours. You're up again and you're, you're burning out more. Hey, yeah. I think burnout is just selfish. It's, you just got to put your hand in the air, in the air. And it's okay to do that. And I want to talk about another topic that, you know, I really admire that you like to speak about. And that's talking about like self-esteem. That was also a big part of your messages to others. And so why self-esteem and what can people do to raise their self-esteem? What do you think? Self-esteem. And look, if self-esteem can uh, galvanize not only you, it galvanizes everybody that deals with you. OK, when you run a person with self-esteem, you can learn a lot. I mean, they have energy. Their head is up in the air. Their shoulders are square. They're not slumping and not. Their attitude is good. Self-esteem is everything. Now, how do you get self-esteem? How? You get self-esteem by setting goals. Setting little goals and accomplishing those goals and believing that you can do it. Okay. So you set things, you set goals, and you go for them. 
you go for them and you 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 accomplish them. As you accomplish these goals, you know you start feeling that I can do this, I can do this. Well, if you fail at some of this, then you start yep. thinking the other way. Well, can I do it? Am I qualified to do it? So set goals that you know you can accomplish. Get it. Be true to yourself. Be dependable about reaching these goals. And then you get to the next and you keep walking up the ladder with your goals. That's how you build self-esteem by having success. It's just what you hear. It's self-esteem. You feeling good about self. And how do you feel good about self? By accomplishing. Ah. By making things happen the way you thought they would happen. So you actually have people that come to you, and I'm sure you had people that are in really just tough places for a variety of reasons. What are some of the uh, some of the goes to? And I know it's a very general question because everyone has very unique problems, you know. But when someone is feeling down on themselves, is there a couple of go to things that you always like to address or ask about as a base to start making them feel good about themselves again? <laughs> The first thing I, I say to anyone that comes to me is because you got to be honest with those guys and you got to ask them, OK, what do you think is the main reason you have failed at whatever task? OK. OK. And then you ask about that and you write, write it down and then you say, OK, tell me about something that you've been successful at and why you were successful. OK. So you got to look at both ends of the spectrum. You can't just look at, oh, this is my good stuff, and this is where I failed. Okay, you 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 can't. You got to look at them both. Go from end to end. And once you do that, you're working on both sides of the ledger. Okay. Okay. Well, a lot of times we only look at what we do well. No, look at how can I get better. Mm -hmm. I need to find out. I need to tell myself the truth. An example. Okay. If I want to lose weight. And I know a lot of people, they'll avoid the scale. Well, how am I going to lose weight if I'm going to avoid the scale? I need to okay. get on that thing daily and know exactly where I am. I know need to know exactly what I've done, what I've been eating, okay? And I'll learn about the pattern of my body, the pattern of me gaining or losing. What did I eat last night? Take, yeah. take notes. But what do we do? We ignore the truth. I think anything you're trying to accomplish in life, you got to be truthful from a positive standpoint and from a negative standpoint. Be well, true to yourself. That, Everything starts with being truthful to yourself. And that's easier said than done. But I love this conversation because you nicely lead me to my follow-up. So you mentioned exercise and some diet. And I think we kind of indirectly talked about sleep. Those are what I call the pillars of health. And I know you do a lot with the community. So my question to you is going to be, so what community efforts do you support in regards to these pillars of health? I mean, are you a big advocate of the dieting, getting better sleep? Yeah, what is sure. what is your message out there? Sure. I, I, I'm a big guy on big, big proponent of rest, being consistent with getting up in the morning and getting a walk or getting a quick little run in, uh, going into the gym, eating right, just taking care of your body, being consistent with what you put in. Just those basic things. I, I push that. I talk, I post a lot on social media. And a lot of my talks are about taking care of your body. If you take care of your body, believe it or not, your body is going to take care of your mind. You think it's mind first? You don't have to be that smart. <laughs> it is mindless to go to the gym and work out. 
And once you start working out and, and, and exercising, it goes up to your head. It's, you know, you don't even have to think. If you can't think, but you can at least get to the gym, you got a chance to survive it. Okay. But it starts with those workouts. It starts with you just being consistent with taking. And everybody takes that for granted. It's yeah. like, oh, man, the workout. Trust me, you can be the smartest man in the world. You can have everything going for you if you don't have yourself together from a physical standpoint. You're struggling. You're dying inside. I would rather be a fit man who's in shape, both physically and mentally, than a wealthy. I'm wealthy. <laughs> wealth is health. Okay? Wealth well is health. So I would rather be the guy who I don't have all the millions, mm -hmm. but I'm rich, I'm healthy, my body, my mind, everything is flowing. That's where it all starts. Yeah. I love it. So, hey, I love throwing you curveballs. You know, I mean, that's, so you have a little baseball in you, so I know you can handle it. So how is sleep for you? Is that an important thing? Are you sleeping okay? I sleep. Now, I don't need 10 hours. Okay, <laughs> okay. But I, I need to get I need to get it six. Yeah. Okay. I need to get six strong hours. Mm -hmm. I don't like operating on four and five hours of sleep oh, because that sounds my yeah oh, my sleep yeah. helps yeah. every other part of what I do. Yeah. And the most important thing for me now is taking care of my body first. I don't care about the money. I don't care about anything outside. It's taking care of myself, my body, and my mind first. And I'm a better person. I can help you once I help myself. Yeah. Get, sleep, get the rest. Eat the right food. Get you some exercise in. Uh, do some meditation. It's the best way to transition into sleep is some yoga meditation stuff. I agree with you, man. I love that. Yes. I love that. So, hey, let's ask another question. The question now is going to be about mentorship. Do you mentor people in general? And, and how important is it finding a good mentor in life? I think mentorship opens up all the doors for you. If you got a good mentor. Now, listen, if you got a mom and a dad, a strong home life, you have mentorship. Okay. And if, they, you, if you're willing to open up with your mom and your dad, a lot of kids will open up to outsiders before they open up to a family member. Interesting. Okay, so sometimes okay. you need to go outside and get a true mentor. When I was 14 years old, I ran into my mentor, my freshman year in high school. Okay. And I got mentored every day for about three to four hours. And we talked about everything. You name it, we talked about it. Life, education, women, men, race, uh, politics, you name it. A mentor will cover everything there is in life. They're going to walk life through you and you'll be able to see it. They're going to walk you through life in your head. OK, so when those things happen years down the road, you've walked there before. You're not intimidated. My mentor would talk to me about how to go into meetings with rich people, how to talk to billionaires, how to talk to millionaires. Uh, and, and he would talk about those things. Don't yeah. be intimidated. He just one thing he told me was know your craft. When you know your craft, you're an expert. So you walk into a, be a meeting as an expert. People that are from higher places are going to listen to you because you're an expert. How do you become an expert? By being having done it, having walked that path. OK, so these guys are going to listen to you. 
I would sit in meetings, uh, just sidebar here, I would sit in meetings with NFL owners, you know, these billionaires and these guys that are doing great things in life. And they would be like little kids listening. You know, they would ask, okay, what's your take on this guy? And what do you think we should do with this situation? Should we sign this guy back? And they would sit and listen at little kids. And that's why those guys are so wealthy. They know they stay in their lane. Okay. They understand what they know, but more importantly, they understand what they don't know. And, and that's what mentorship is. Mentorship is going to teach you about things you don't know. And then they're going to help you to ex expound on things that you do know. Uh, so, no, mentorship is awesome. It, it's, it's a gateway to success. So, I mean, you definitely have done so many things, accomplished so many things. And I'm excited to hear this question, your answer for this question. So what are your goals in the future? What of these many things that you have so much knowledge and experience about, where are you going to put that focus? That, you know, that's, that's great. I have a lot of things I have in mind. An immediate goal of mine is I'm working to be in the best, and I keep saying it, I'm working to be in the best shape of my life. Okay. I want to get down to about three or 4% body fat. And I'd like to maybe do some modeling. Uh, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but it's, you know, I think outside the box. I mean, that's me. I love the modeling thing. Yeah. I want to be in the best shape. I've got everything I need. I've worked, you know, in a profession for a long time. Uh, I have helped a lot of people and I'm always going to be passionate about helping people that want to help themselves, whether it's a young family, whether it's a young man or lady, uh, someone who has aspirations to get to the next level. Those are my things. I just want to help, help, help. Okay. And like working with the, uh, the medical people, you know, yeah. I'm talking about burnout, you know, I've walked through burnout. I've seen burnout. Uh, those are the kind of things that excite me. I, I like doing things, uh, Dr. Raj, that mm -hmm. doesn't seem to fit who I am. Okay. I like working outside the box. <laughs> you know, I talk all the time online. I talk on social media. You very rarely hear me talk about football. Most of my talking yep. topics are about, you could, I don't know where I'm going to go from day to day. <laughs> okay. I have things written down, man, just a catalog of things. From day to day, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. It, it could be football is probably the last thing I'm going to talk about. And that's the thing I'm the most expert about. <laughs> but I just love talking about different topics. Well, I'll say this much is that I think that what makes you very special amongst other things is that, hey, it's easy to go back to our comfort zone. and Hey, let's talk about football, the whole podcast. But, you know, getting to know you, it's the first thing was he doesn't want to talk about football. <laughs> and I love that about you. So, hey, I'm sure many of my listeners will love to actually see your smiling face. I think you're just a cool dude. Where can people learn more about you? And if they do want to actually get you doing a little spiel for their conference or whatever it is, how can they get a hold of you and find more information about you? Before we get on that, one oh, yeah. that I am we're in the process of doing the book. I have my first book that I'm working on. So Ooh. I look for that to be out by, I want to say, next summer. 
Uh, so that's something that I'm, I'm dive in, up. dive in. What is the book about? Are you going to give me a teaser? Or is it a top secret? You know? <laughs> no, it's a, well, the book is a book of quotes. A lot of quotes that I've, I've put out there and I'll expound on my quotes. So that's, that's major. I'm my first book. I'll start there. Okay. Um, if you want to reach me, you yeah. can just, heck, if you just hit my net, my name and Lionel Vitel. And everything's going to spit out. You're going to get my email. You're going to get my number. I have a phone number out there. Oh, cool. Uh, you can get me on uh, on Instagram. You could get my website. Uh, anything with Lionel Vitel, you can locate me. Uh, you can get me at lvitelgr1981 at gmail.com. If you just hit my name and you want to find me, you, I'm pretty easy to find. And you know what? We're going to help out. So we always have show notes. And you know what? We're going to put all that info in our show notes so they can click on it and just find you. And you're right, dude. I just put your name in there. And I saw a person that looks like me with this awesome haircut. So uh, I so. love it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. What, one more thing I'll say. I talked Fire about away, man. Tell me. And then I'll let you go. I know yeah, you're yeah. Is I'm gonna I got a clothesline coming out around next summer. Okay. Athletic wear. Okay. Athletic world, stuff you wear to the gym, you know, uh, you, you know, shirts and shorts and a little bags, baseball caps, hoodies. So next summer, by next summer, we look to have those out there. So, so since I put you on the podcast, do I get like at least a token T-shirt or a hat or something? We need to talk. We'll be talking. <laughs> it's safe to say, Dr. Raj, you never, you never have to worry about gear. Okay. okay, it's safe to say. <laughs> so you are an awesome book writer and clothing designer, motivational speaker. So many things I learned about you during the podcast. And I think the most important thing is you really are just a nice person to talk to. And you really have a beautiful smile and you're a good person. And thank you for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a blessing to be here with you and I don't want this to be the last time. We'll do it. We'll look to do it again before next summer, before all that stuff come out. Yeah, no, 100%. in the closing line and all that. 100%. So everyone out there, hey, thank you for tuning in to the Dr. Raj podcast this time. I hope you had a blast. I did. And I'll see everyone out there for the next podcast in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Mm-hmm.